Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 3. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, this will be more than a three-part series due to the depth of understanding we can learn from this subject. I am hoping to correctly answer many questions about this subject by using a scripture search technique many use frequently. There is a right and wrong way to use this technique, which makes it a dangerous technique to use. One of my hopes is to demonstrate the correct means of using this technique since it is the only way to search for answers with respect to our being caught up from this world before it tumbles into the judgments outlined in the book of Revelation, starting in chapter 6. Last week was our second episode in this series titled, The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 2, on June 12th. One thing that was noticeable was the words elect, elder, elders, bishop, and overseer. Scripture leads us to believe these five words refer to one and the same group, us. His people saved by him. So, seeking better understanding, we looked up the meaning of overseer. The meaning for overseer was found to mean presbyteros. Quote, an elder, end quote, is another term for the same person as bishop or overseer. Whether a biblical author uses elder, bishop, or overseer, the author is referring to one and the same person. So, at the very least, it is believable that those who are elders in very large number are us who are saved in Christ. If that is true, then the bar is set rather high for all of us. That is something that all modern men and women should. To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled, The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 2. In this week's episode, we need to review our last two episodes. It appears that the book of Revelation is speaking about us already being in heaven before the tribulation period starts. Yet, so far, we have found no definitive information that says when or how we are taken up and out of this world. I will tell you again that when is and will remain the unsolved mystery of all mankind until it happens. Scripture tells us that even the Son of Man knows not the day or the hour at this present time. Scripture tells that Jesus will know when it is time when his Father tells him to come get us from this earth. However, Scripture is supposed to have some reasonably firm indication 
of the fact that we are saved not only of our sin, but from the tribulation period as well. If the book of Revelation tells us we are already in heaven, how did we get there? And this is why we want to review what we have learned so far since so many American pastors and teachers say that the answers we are looking for are in the book of Revelation. You might say that I skipped a lot of the first five chapters in the book of Revelation. Hence, the cause and reason for this review. To see if, in fact, it was somehow overlooked in the last two episodes. First, let us clear something up about the elders spoken of in the book of Revelation. I will use this partial context to look at a verse that tells us what we need to know. Verse 6 of chapter 4 closes one sentence, and then starts another sentence to continue and build the thought from the first five verses. We will follow the context through most of verse 10. This passage reads, in the middle of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second creature like an ox, the third creature had a face like a man's, and the fourth creature looked like an eagle flying. Each one of the four living creatures had six wings and was full of eyes all around and inside. They never rest day or night, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the All-Powerful, who was and who is and who is still to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to the one who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders throw themselves to the ground before the one who sits on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever, and they offer their crowns before his throne. Comma. From the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. Notice how verse 10 shows there are specifically 24 elders. Yet, when we read Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, we read this. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels in a circle around the throne, as well as the living creatures and the elders. Their number was ten thousand times ten thousand, thousands times thousands. At the very least, this latter verse implies either a much larger group of elders or an additional body of living entities found in the indescribable number present in heaven, otherwise known as elders also. This is why I looked up the definition of overseer, which is in lower case. In Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words, which defines elder, we found for clarity it means, note, presbuteros, quote, an elder, end quote, is another term for the same person as bishop or overseer. The term, quote, elder, end quote, indicates the mature spiritual experience and understanding of those so described. The term, 
quote, bishop, end quote, or, quote, overseer, end quote, indicates the character of the work undertaken, according to the divine will and appointment, as in the New Testament, there were to be bishops in every local church. Where the singular is used, the passage is describing what a bishop should be. Notice what this vine's definition said. The term, quote, elder, end quote, indicates the mature spiritual experience and understanding of those so described. Then, secondly, the term, quote, bishop, end quote, or, quote, overseer, end quote, indicates the character of the work undertaken. We should then be able to conclude that there are many who are an elder, bishop, or overseer, whether male or female. Then, based on the character of the work undertaken, further defines one as either bishop or overseer. Remember, either word means the same person, the same elder. We should also note specifically that the words elder, bishop, and overseer are all lowercase words. If they were capitalized, it would indicate someone in a high office. Their work would also be very specifically designed for the office they hold. Those of us who qualify as a lowercase elder, bishop, or overseer are not ruling persons and or body-governing entities such as a pastor or teacher. We do encourage our brothers and sisters. We support them in their troubled times, regardless of how difficult their troubles are for them. Even the Bible calls us to such ministry to others. We are also called to minister God's message of salvation to those outside the saving faith. Not everyone will receive that message, which is something everyone who witnesses needs to understand. Yes, some people are determined to live their unsaved life. So, it is important that we do not offend others with our witness. I have experienced many people coming to me and saying that my unoffensive witness is what made them curious. That is just a simple explanation of how to witness to those who seem offended by our verbal witness and say they do not want to hear it. Again, not everyone comes around to a seeking heart. Some do, but those who do not should not be annoyingly prodded into seeing the light of salvation by anyone who is saved in Christ. We can pray for such people and lift them up to God that He will change their heart, making a path for us to witness. Souls are won by love, not annoying prodding. They will come around in time as you witness and pray for them. How you act is your true witness to the world around you. That is what will convince some unbelievers to come around and want to be saved. Remember, it has been said, actions speak louder than words. 
To continue moving forward, let us notice this portion of Scripture from our first episode. Immediately after the suffering of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man arriving on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet blast, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. From Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 through 31. Notice what these three verses is describing. It is the end of the tribulation period. Notice, too, where God's saved in Christ are. Verse 29 reads, Immediately after the suffering of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Notice the first seven words before the comma. Immediately after the suffering of those days. Comma. Obviously, there is little, if any, downtime between one thing and another with regard to the last unfolding events defining the end of the tribulation period and what comes next. So, verse 29 tells us that immediately after the suffering of those days, the tribulation period of seven years, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then, verse 30 tells us that the world will see Jesus, the Son of Man, will appear in heaven. Yes, the whole world will see this. As well, all the earthly tribes will mourn. Why? They will see the Son of Man arriving on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now, notice verse 31. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet blast, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. If we who are saved in Christ are this group in Scripture called his elect, then we are already in heaven as we have also found in the book of Revelation. How did we get there? How long have we been there? So far, we have found no specific reference in the book of Revelation telling us we are caught up into heaven. So far, all we can find are comments, if you will, telling us we are already in heaven. Even this verse passage from the book of Matthew says we are already in heaven. Let us dig deeper to see if we can find out why Scripture leads us to believe we are already in heaven. Let us read these eight verses. From John to the seven churches that are in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from he who is and who was and who is still to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, 
and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from among the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to the one who loves us and has set us free from our sins at the cost of his own blood, and has appointed us as a kingdom, as priests serving his God and Father, to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is returning with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. This will certainly come to pass. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, the one who is, and who was, and who is still to come, the All-Powerful. Notice, capital A and capital P, referencing Jesus. Continuing, I, John, your brother, and the one who shares with you in the persecution, kingdom, and endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony about Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day when I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, saying, Write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. We want to notice verse 7 in this passage. It says nothing of him returning specifically for his church, his bride to take her home to heaven. It is, though, very consistent with everything we have already examined. So, the unanswered question remains, when did Jesus come to take us home? It is well known among his body of earthly believers that such a catching up takes place. It has to be clear at this point that for all the book of Revelation, we are in heaven. However, just what part of the Bible tells us with certainty this event will happen if not found in the points other American pastors and teachers have made from the book of Revelation. I think it is easy to see that while they may be correct about us leaving before the tribulation period, how we get there, as many have taught, may well be incorrect. Next week, we will see where Revelation chapter 6 opens to best define our roadmap as to where things are recorded as to what happens next. We have seen no indication of God's people being caught up or raptured into heaven, yet they are in heaven from what we have read. That is a curious observation because we have found only mention of God's people as elders, bishops, and overseers being in heaven already. To look into this curiosity further, next week we will look into chapter 6 to get a firm understanding of where the timeline lies. We will also look at scripture that describes our being taken up into heaven. Could it be true that we are already in heaven from the start of the book of Revelation? 
Join us next week when we look to get more answers. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. Also, please check our show notes for links to our website and other information you may want to know. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. So, you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sunday's U.S. East Coast time zone. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh, many sooner than others. Our website is located at this internet address, unchurched.site123.me. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.